reading starting in verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, could anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You may be seated. At this moment, I'm going to invite any kids who want to come up to sit up front, um, and we can talk a little bit. All right, come on up. It's a race. This makes me excited. It's like you guys didn't see me at all during Sunday school, and now's your chance. All right. Welcome, you guys. So, I have a quick picture to show you. Does anyone know what this is? Does anyone know what that is? Does Samuel Bergen knows who over here? Some, some knows? Who, who knows what it is? Someone say it. Moses. It's a telephone. Yeah. Have you guys ever made a call on a telephone like this? No? You're not that old? No, neither am I. Neither am I. Well, uh, I wanted to bring up this picture of a telephone, and this is an old one, getting as close to Jesus' time as possible. Um, because in our story today, in our, in our reading today, we're talking about how Jesus called his disciples, all right? And have you guys ever gotten a phone call before? Yeah? Most of you probably have. Do you guys get excited when you get a phone call? Yeah? You guys have voices as well to make phone calls? No? no you never make phone calls? All right. Well, I know that I get excited when I get a phone call. I also make a lot of phone calls at work, just in my normal life. Um, but today... Did Jesus call his disciples on a phone like this? No. No, that would be silly, right? They didn't have phones back then. But today I want you to listen about how God called Philip and Nathaniel, and also how Philip went and called Nathaniel. all right? So that's going to kind of be the focus of our story today, how God calls, called his disciples back then, and how he calls us, and how we react to that as well, all right? Whether it be excitement, maybe a little apprehension, um, waiting to see what God has for us, all right? So, Jonah, can you hand these out to everybody? I know you're pretty good at that. All right, thank you guys for coming up. You can go find your parents. They all split. If you guys want some coloring sheets, Jonah's your guy. All right, thank you all for coming up. So, our passage today begins with Jesus traveling to Galilee and finding Philip. Now, to give a little context of what was going on before our reading today, we look at the prior eight verses, 35 through 42. John the Baptist was standing with two of his disciples, and as he saw Jesus walking, he proclaimed, Behold the Lamb of God. At this, John's two disciples followed Jesus. One of these followers was Andrew. He went and found his brother Simon and said to him, 
We have found the Messiah. At this, Andrew brought his brother to Jesus, and Jesus renamed him Cephas. We know him as Peter, as his name Cephas is connected to the Greek word for rock. So we are at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus on this earth, and he already has a few named followers. In today's passage, we see Jesus himself actively seeking out Philip and saying to Philip, follow me. And now what do we see in the interaction between Jesus and Philip? The first thing, it's extremely simple and seemingly immediate. And we do not see Philip as the one doing the finding, but Jesus did that. And we are not shown any hesitation on Philip's end, nor does Jesus give any prerequisites for Philip to follow him. Now, this is not the only time that John shows us Philip in his gospel. We see Philip in chapter 6 at the feeding of the 5,000. Here, Jesus asked him where they were to buy bread to feed the people. And Philip responds with maybe a lack of understanding, also perhaps lacking trust in what Jesus could do when he said that 200 denarii worth of bread would not be sufficient for them. We also see him in chapter 12. In this instance, some Greeks come to Philip and ask him to see Jesus. Philip approaches Andrew with this request before the two of them go to tell Jesus. And the last instance I'll mention is at the Last Supper in chapter 14, verse 8. Here, Philip asked Jesus to show them the Father, and it is enough for us. Now, Philip seems to be a person that thinks in a very practical or black-and-white way. And perhaps this can sometimes lead to him not seeing the big picture or what is truly going on with Jesus and the work that he is doing. I bring up these glimpses of Philip as a connecting point with us. In what ways are we often like Philip? Are we often unsure of the power that Jesus has? Do we often question how Jesus will bring an answer to a situation or struggle in our lives? Can we also see a similar connection to ourselves with how Philip may have been unsure about bringing the Greeks to see Jesus? There may be times when we miss opportunities with the people we interact with because we are not trusting that God will guide us in these interactions and conversations so we can point others to him. And lastly, like Philip at the Last Supper, are there times when even though Christ and his works in our lives are so obvious and clear, we just don't see it? But even with all these things in mind, we can go back to the fact that Jesus intentionally sought out and called Philip. And he does the same for us. He knows that we will at times doubt him, be uncertain, or just not get it at all. He still calls us to follow him. Now, after the account of the calling of Philip by Jesus, we see Philip going out and finding a man named Nathaniel. Philip says to Nathaniel, We have found of him, found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And how does Nathanael respond to this? Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And now why does he respond this way? As I read some commentaries on this passage, a couple of thoughts came through. The first thought was that Nathanael was a man who had studied the scriptures quite a bit. And he would have recognized that there was no prophecy of any Messiah coming from Nazareth. He may have wondered why God would choose to send a mighty rescuer from a town that was so unimportant. Another thought is that Nathaniel was a little bit prejudiced against Nazareth. And do we know what could have specifically formed feelings or thoughts of that nature? 
We don't, so it really is all speculation. But I will say this much. Being that I grew up in northern Minnesota, near a town known for its hockey and wrestling, I know very well how small-town rivalries manifest themselves. Just replace Cana with Thief River Falls and Nazareth with Warroad or Roseau, and I can maybe understand where Nathaniel was coming from. But even as Nathaniel is having his doubts about whether or not the Messiah truly could come from Nazareth, Philip replies with these three words, Come and see. Now, I encourage all of us to be more like Philip in instances like this. As we share the gospel with those in our lives, we recognize that people are going to have doubts, concerns, and questions. And sometimes we may even be met with hostility. Should we try to put forth our best argument and try to convince them with pure logic and scriptural reasoning? Maybe that will sometimes work. But how often are we truly going to argue or checkmate someone into belief? Probably not often. Instead, let's invite people to come and see and allow them to see for themselves how Christ works. Philip's words must have hit home with with Nathaniel as we next hear the exchange between him and Jesus as they meet for the first time. Jesus says, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Now this is something that should make us think. Jesus seeks us out and calls us, as we saw at the beginning of today's scripture. He also sees us and knows everything about us. Jesus says that there is no deceit in Nathanael. Now this is a great thing for Nathanael to hear. Jesus is saying that Nathanael is an authentic person, not trying to put up a front or trick people into thinking that he is a righteous man. Is he perfect? By no means. But is Jesus seeing him for a true follower of what the Father had given to the Israelites? Yes. Nathanael follows up the statement from Jesus by asking, How do you know me? This was likely their first time meeting face to face. It makes sense that he would question Jesus as Jesus was already making comments about his character and who he was. Jesus responds by saying, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Now, what is the significance of the words Jesus uses here? It could have been a place that Nathaniel chose to pray and study God's word, a literal fig tree that he often spent time under. It could also be in reference to prophecy about the coming of Jesus, but we don't see further explanation about what Jesus is referring to here, and that's okay. This was something that Jesus said to Nathaniel, not us. It was, however, a testament to the fact that Jesus knows all things about all people. He knows us intimately. We also know that this statement made quite an impact on Nathaniel. He responded, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. With just one simple statement from Jesus, Nathaniel quickly recognized that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. I pray that all of us would likewise be open and so quick to seeing the truth of who Jesus is. Our reading closes with Jesus responding to Nathaniel. Jesus says that Nathaniel will see even greater things than what made him first believe. That he will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now here, Jesus is referencing Genesis 28. In this part of scripture, Jacob is a man on the run from his brother Esau, who is trying to kill him. 
He has a vision of a ladder coming from heaven and the angels of the Lord ascending and descending on it. In this vision, God tells Jacob that he is Jacob's God and that he will give him the land he is on. God also states that he is with Jacob and will be with him wherever he goes. Jesus is saying here that he is Jacob's ladder. It is no longer just a vision showing God's faithfulness. It is the completion of the promise God had made. Jesus is the Messiah. He is Nathaniel's mediator, his go-between for God. No longer is Nathaniel waiting and longing for the arrival of the promised Messiah. He has seen him and recognized him as the Son of God and the King of Israel. As we look at the calling of both Philip and Nathaniel, we see two different immediate responses. Philip immediately follows Jesus and seeks out Nathaniel to tell him they have found the Messiah. And although at times Philip may have been slower to act or even uncertain about the power that Jesus had, he was still confident in the fact that Jesus was the Messiah. Nathaniel has, has a slower response, skeptical about whether or not this truly is the Messiah that Philip has found. But after interacting with Jesus, he quickly recognizes him as the Son of God. And even in these different responses, we also see that Jesus intentionally seeks out both of them. In the same way, Jesus seeks us, calls us, and knows us. He wants us to see that he is the Messiah, the fulfillment of God's promise to be with his people, that no longer are we waiting with hopeful expectation of a Messiah to come, but that he has come. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for um, your word today. Thank you for the promise of the Messiah and uh, the completion of that promise in Jesus um, and for the salvation that he brings to all of his people. In your name I pray, amen.